Welcome to the NAS Podcast. All right. Hey, Zach, good to be with you. Yep. Uh, today, uh, it's David Morrison here, one of the pastors here at the NAS, and uh, here with Zach, our worship and creative, creative arts director. Yep. Good to be here, man. Good to be here. Awesome. So we've already had some pretty cool conversations in our last session yep. uh, about what it means to share our faith. Um but uh, uh, to to kick this uh, this podcast off, this episode, I want to ask you a very deep theological question. Uh-huh. I'm ready. Okay, um, I need to know um, who your favorite Star Wars character is. Absolutely. Yeah that that's a that's a tough one. So I I've I've spent a lot of time thinking about this, right? And I am an original trilogy guy. Okay. Okay. Um, and and con- like contrary to where a lot of people are in the in the Star Wars community, I dig like the new stuff. Yeah. Right? I'm into the sequel trilogy as well. Right. Um, but I'm a Darth Vader guy through and through. Yeah. I'm a I'm a uh, I'm a dark side guy. I'm a Sith guy. Darth Vader's my man. Anakin Skywalker. So all the way through like Anakin's arc, he's my guy. Yeah. Right? Um, the chosen one, right? right. You know, and, and of course, like I compare this theologically to that of Jesus. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm into it, man. I'm into the dark side. Dart's my guy. Who's your guy? Dude, so I have to tell you, and then I have another question for you. Um, this is something my son and I geek out about. I have a 10 year old son, and we're actually preparing to build our lightsaber when we go to Galaxy's Edge oh, yeah. uh, here this summer. Um, it's a spiritual experience. It is a spiritual experience, and he is all light side. You know yeah. what I mean? And he is all all into the good guys of the Force. And I tell him the same thing. I said, uh, no, I, I'm Darth Vader, but even now, I have become a huge Kylo Ren fan. Yeah, he's my number two. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's kind of a baby. He kind of whines a little bit, mm-hmm. but I mean, that sword uh, yeah. with the hilt. Oh, yeah, the cross guard, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just did our the entire uh, thing a disservice by calling it a sword. Nice, yeah. The lightsaber. Yeah. Uh, the powerful... <laughs> Lightsaber, but we geek out talking about uh, kyber crystals. Oh yeah, and which kind of kyber crystal we want, and yeah. we're we're just all into that uh, geeky stuff. So I have to ask you then, um, which of the Star Wars movies, and I'm going to include the spinoffs because I have a different take on it. You said uh, you are or not including? The I'm spin-off. including the spinoffs. Okay. okay. Uh, which are your what's your go to? Okay, so right now, and it's seasonal for me. My go to is Rogue One. This one's this one's my favorite, and I'll tell you why. Um, wow. I just I just told you that Darth's my guy. Yeah. Maybe the greatest Darth Vader scene of all time. Yes. Is the hallway scene at the end of Rogue One where he just does his thing, man. Well, like you never get to see like in the original trilogy, it's like you know you're you're limited to you know the effects of the time, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's 1977 was the first one, right? So. Uh, at the end of Rogue One, he just goes hardcore Darth Vader, and it's like I've won like. This is my whole Star Wars love has culminated in this moment, yep. and he is just being Darth Vader down this hallway, and it's the most glorious thing you've ever seen. Wow! <laughs> so I just—that's uh, my favorite. Nice. Uh, yeah. So that's why I tell my dad, the "Dad, what's your favorite?" And I, and I say, "Rogue One." Yep. And now mine's a little different um, because I love the Darth Vader moment, and then in the most recent Mandalorian season finale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's some callbacks to the hallway scene there as well. With oh. Luke. Luke? Oh, uh, spoiler, spoiler. Oh, yeah. If yeah. you haven't watched, we're just going to keep going with it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Spoiler He shows alert. up in all black. Oh, yeah, dude. You know, kind of Darth Vader-esque yeah. uh, with the green saber. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I love it because, um, you know, in Star Wars, you're used to having characters that last through several 
shows. And they right. did such an incredible job of taking these characters uh, and you fall in love with them. Yep. And then if you haven't seen the movie, I mean, but... Let's just go hardcore spoilers and say they all get blown up at the end. I mean, that's... They like, do. If we're going to go in with spoilers, it's true, right? And I left with this deep feeling of loss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'll never see these characters again. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, I, I I heard you say that, and it, it makes me think of the old uh, Step Brothers movie, right? Did we just become best friends? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Am I allowed to reference that movie? Oh, of course. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Pre-Jesus, right? Yeah. That's, Pre- that's hilarious, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. So actually, you know, the topic I want to talk to you about today is, uh, you know, something we talk about all the time um, as it relates to sharing our faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the hot topics right now uh, in culture, and I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to remain uh, it's going to continue to be, and we have to be equipped on how to handle this. Um, I want to look at two things today. Uh, I want to talk about uh, the role of social media, mm-hmm. right, in sharing your faith, uh, and how that relates to um, Jesus in everyday language. Yeah. You know, how God plays into our everyday conversations uh, yep. that we have. Uh, because the reality is one of the things that I see with social media uh, is, first of all, there are several different methods and means of expression yeah for sure yeah in social media uh you know kind of uh people our generation and older it's uh facebook right uh and uh, you know as well i mean hey we started i mean instagram we can probably go a little that further okay yeah then it gets a little wily with the kids and their tiktoks and all that stuff right (laughs) yeah you kids and your tiktoks you you can at least give us instagram man we're not that old Yeah, yo. So I do have an active Instagram account, um, <laughs> and uh, a Twitter, and uh, you know, we then there's a TikTok, and the, I don't even know after that. Like, I don't even know what to do. The Snapchat. My my wife's oh, yeah. super into snapping. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like, right. what what are you snapping? Right. Like, I tried to snap at someone, and it just didn't work. Yeah. I, I feel old when we start talking about social media, dude. I know. I have no idea. What don't we sound like those like super old people? Like you kids and your social media. <laughs> kids and you're snapping and chatting and whatever else in my day we had conversations <laughs> exactly Meh. which actually i'm kind of uh i kind of like yeah right yeah. Uh, just like being able to talk to people for sure uh but like uh tell me uh let's just jump off right here into social media yeah. the culture we live in we were just having some pretty deep discussions about um you know the divided nature yeah. of uh, you know our, our, our country, our society yeah. right now, what role faith plays in it and what role the church plays in it, what the church should look like. Um, and maybe even what, how we should express ourselves and express our faith on social media. Yeah. So I'll be honest, man. Like I, uh, one of the things I struggle with the most as a Christian is my involvement in social media. Right. Um, mm-hmm. because I see that it's, it's a platform that carries such influence. Um, and I see the weight of it. Um, so for me, um, I usually err on the side of caution with it, right. um, personally for my involvement. And I'll tell you why, man, because I've seen Christians, um, in my personal experience, do more harm than good on yeah. social media, if I'm being completely honest. Right. Um, I have friends that have been affected by posts um, by other friends, right? You're, you're, you know, for me, it's like the observer. I'm the one that like just watches the fire, the dumpster fire burn. Right. Like, holy smokes, this is getting <laughs> insane. But uh, the reality is, I think for me, the barometer is um, if I see someone that's marginalized or uh, as a Christian, so this is kind of my social media involvement barometer. Yeah. If I see someone that's being, uh, that's ostracized from the body of Christ, yeah. someone that feels alone, 
um, disenfranchised, right. then I feel it my um, Christian obligation to reach out to them, right? Yeah. Um, and if I see that on on social media, that's kind of a barometer for me to to uh, enter in, right? To right. to find a means of helping someone. Yeah. Um, not necessarily to perpetuate an argument on a thread, because right. Lord knows no one's won anyone over on Facebook. At least I haven't seen it. Right. And if it has, then maybe there are miracle workers out there that yeah. can win an argument on Facebook. But for me, I, I I'm not. I've never seen that happen, right? So yeah. I don't think perpetuating an argument um, does anyone any good. In fact, yeah. um, it's probably the opposite. It tends to denigrate a personality pretty dang quick. Oh yeah. So that's been my experience, mm-hmm. man. What I mean, what about you, dude? I've seen so. Uh, it's so much easier, I believe, um, to see what we say do damage. Yep. On social media, it's harder. It's easier to tear down than to build up. Yeah. Um, and it's just like this idea of reputation. Um, it takes your whole life to build a reputation, but it only takes seconds and moments to tear it down. Absolutely. Um, and one of the things that I've had to come to terms with as it relates to social media uh, is uh, it's a legitimate form of expression. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are legitimately expressing themselves, but one of the things that we're finding is people are expressing themselves in ways that are different than if you had a, a conversation with them. Well, th- that's something I see often, right? And I, I'm glad you said that because for me, that's something I'm always I'm always leery of. Am I saying something or posting something that I wouldn't that I wouldn't live or in person in a physical conversation with someone? Right. Because then the duality that exists in someone's personality is is troubling. Right. And as a Christian, like, um, or in this case, a non-Christian, seeing a Christian act as though you know we talked about it in the last session, right. the hypocrisy that exists yeah. in that lifestyle is difficult to model. Right. Right. Why would I want to model myself after? someone like that right right that that exists in two worlds with that hypocrisy but yeah right and it's a uh and i i agree with you it's it's strange um to deal with that but as christians i think we have a calling to be uh consistent mm-hmm. uh right uh that our life in public and our life in private yeah are the same and i think we have this idea that you know we reveal part of our, our private life on social media um but now people are being held accountable to it yep uh, anytime that um, I'm looking at hiring someone, yeah, or I look at a job situation, uh, first thing I do, I hit up their social media, yeah, uh, because I think it, it provides a really interesting picture into the glimpse of what's going on inside of them. Well, I mean, we were just talking about Star Wars. There was a character from The Mandalorian that was just fired because of a social media post or or a series of posts, right? right. So obviously, people are taking it very seriously. It's become a part of who you are, right? Right. Uh, how you express yourself through social media, you can't hide behind. You know, there's no anonymity to it anymore, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so as I look at social media, one of the things I look at is, so there are times where I'm scrolling through probably way longer than I should and get lost in, you know, TikTok videos or YouTube videos or uh, Facebook. Um, You know, I see things that are really encouraging. Mm -hmm. I see things that I'm like, oh, wow. That was good. Yeah. Like that lifts me up. And then honestly, like even as a pastor, okay, and uh, don't don't come at me for this, guys, whoever's listening. Um, but the reality is I see Christians post stuff that is super cheesy and inauthentic. Yes. Or it feels that way. Maybe it's super authentic for them. But totally. It, it feels icky. I'm like, is this really making a difference? Yeah. Or you know what and i'm not trying to judge people's hearts or their conditions or why they post stuff like that but i'm like is this doing more harm than good hey did you see uh did you see the post that went around that was uh obi-wan kenobi that everyone thought was, yeah, <laughs> that everyone was, thought jesus. was jesus i was like oh man i mean 
That's kind of one of those posts that's kind of like you say, I'm like, Ugh. reshare this if he's your Lord and yeah. Savior and you're proud of it. I'm like, I know you guys probably meant well, but that's that's Obi Wan Kenobi, guys. <laughs> I don't know what to say about it. <laughs> I mean, I like to imagine that Jesus could look like Obi Wan. Totally, yeah. I mean, he's he's a good looking guy, Hugh McGregor, whatever. Right. It was, I was like, oh my goodness. So, what makes a post? Uh, on social media, I mean, I, I think that there's a couple areas we can look at. We can look at how we post, but also how we interact with people. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes a post on social media powerful yeah. and helpful towards our goal of leading people towards Jesus? I think that's a great question. That's that's one that I struggle with all the time um, because those are the only posts that I want to make as a Christian, mm-hmm. right? I, I don't want to contribute to an argument. I don't want to contribute to an agenda, right? The only agenda I care about is Jesus's agenda, right? Sorry for the sniff, but if, uh, <laughs> if there's a, uh, you know, if there's a way that I can use the platform to speak the Lord, right. To, uh, speak for Jesus or allow Jesus to speak through me rather, I'm going to do it. Right. So for me, I think it's what, well, what I do, you know, for me, a practical step is because I'm not that smart as I, as I repost people that are smarter than me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So like, um, I, I'm real big into uh, C.S. Lewis or any of these quotes that I that I kind of live my life by. Right. Um, and I sometimes feel the Holy Spirit uh, saying through me, somebody needs to hear this today. Right. Yeah. So I'll just post it. Right. Um, for me, that's that's kind of a safe way of saying, uh, you know, I'm a believer. Right. I'm here for you. Um, this guy's smarter than me and he says it more eloquently. <laughs> um, and it doesn't contribute to an agenda or a cause or right. an argument. And maybe that's... Uh, an amicable way of posting something sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Dude, that, and I think that's some great advice um, because I, I want to make sure that whatever I post um, is an accurate reflection of what's happening inside of me. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's not like, so we, we in the youth world, when I was a, a youth leader, um, we used to talk to kids about like subtweets. Yeah. Right? Where they would tweet something or they would send something out or they would post something uh, that was aimed at someone. Right. Right? It was it was weaponized mm-hmm. uh, to where it was like, man, I sure hope they read this. Yep. Uh, you know, and I hope they know I'm talking about them. Or, you know, but they, they were like, there was some anonymity to it, so no one really knew what was right. said. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, some of this was like super trashy, like... You know, hey, next time you look at that other girl, you know, uh, know that I'm watching, you yeah. know, and it's yeah. just like this. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it gets it gets dicey real quick, man. And it's like people are coming at next and then people are reading into situations, which right. we do. And then we create stories and narratives that aren't real and um, all this other stuff. And I think sometimes uh, we weaponize Jesus. Totally. Like, does that sound like wrong? I mean, no, you're absolutely right. You know, and that's something that I, I, I think those are the worst conversations I will happen upon is where Jesus has been weaponized, right? Right. Um, for an agenda, right? right. So um, maybe someone is feeling a certain way or um, they're lobbying for a certain cause and they weaponize um, either scripture or um, Christianity or Jesus himself yeah. uh, as, you know, a champion for their cause. Right. Whoa. Like that, <laughs> that's where I'm like, holy, holy smokes. I might, I need to get out of here real yeah. quick, you know, but um, it happens pretty regularly, unfortunately. Right. And when we weaponize Jesus, we actually move away from the heart of Jesus. Totally. I like, so there was this interesting thing in culture this last year uh, that was really intriguing. And I'm a soccer guy. I've been coached soccer for years, played soccer for years. Um, and the Columbus crew, who's getting a new stadium, yeah. downtown Columbus, super stoked about it. I'm mm-hmm. going to be there, uh, you know, waving my banner and hopefully not throwing things on the field. Yeah. Um, nice. But uh, getting a little rowdy, <laughs> uh, but not too rowdy. I want to make Jesus proud. But right, nice. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's part of the sport. Yeah. Right. And so they, they're developing this new rivalry with us. Uh, Cincinnati FC. 
Okay, yeah. Right? And it's this the 71 corridor, mm-hmm. right? And I don't know if you saw any of this stuff, but like it was all over social media, this sign that says hell is real. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? It's the, the hell is real campaign, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. We're talking about like, you know, it's how they view Cincinnati. And it's this like giant war that's happening and uh, different things. <laughs> but like, I can't like, anytime I travel down 71, which is several times a year, man, whether I'm going to Florida, Tennessee, yeah. uh, or even just South Kentucky, you know, wherever. Yeah. Uh, I drive by these signs, hell is real, or yeah. thou shalt not. Yeah, it's right? the gateway to the South man <laughs> exactly <laughs> so you know there's this uh i'm like someone took the time to post this yep right and so before social media that was the absolutely yeah good call yeah the posting point yep um you know and i'm sure and so this is one of the things i want to point out it was a well-intentioned person for sure that is saying i don't want anyone to go to hell i, mm. I want people to know jesus yeah. uh but they approach it from a different jesus didn't roll up here and say thou shalt not and list out 10 commandments um jesus did give commands yeah um but he says follow me because i love you yeah uh and because you love me yeah obey me if you love me obey me and yep. it's just this this heart of love isn't necessarily behind it because jesus and some of these commands have been weaponized targeted and pointed at people right and so i think as christians a lot of times we have this false mentality that we expect people to live according to the values and standards we've already adopted. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. But they haven't adopted those values. Yet. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You, you know, something I think about for sure with, as it relates to social media, for sure is Jesus was a creative communicator, right? right. Super creative communicator. Um, even physically, um, you know, he created an amphitheater out of, na- out of water, right? A natural amphitheater. Like, that's wicked creative. Right. So for me, I always wonder, okay, if Christ's ministry were on earth currently, what would he be doing with social media? Do wow. you ever think about that? Oh, what would he do? Would he use it? Uh, how would he use it? Yeah. Um, because Lord knows, I mean, he spoke to the masses. Currently, the masses are on social media. Right. What would Jesus do? Right. I'll go back to the old Ooh. school question. Like, do you ever think about that? WWJD on Twitter. Exactly. What would he say? Do you ever think about that? 160 characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like, yeah. And, and who would his message is be directed towards. Right. Right. Like, so like, I'm not God, uh, and you know, I'm not the judge and I don't have the right to do that, but he is God and he is right. the judge. And he used to confront people. Um, but the people he confronted, here's what scares me. Mm-hmm. If like, if I'm just being honest with you, yeah. um, he confronted the religious. Yes. And so if Jesus is coming at necks here, um, he's not going to come at the neck of your neighbor. Right. Um, he's coming at ours. Yep. And so it's like this idea of what would Jesus say to me through, you know, if he was going to tweet at me or if he saw one of my posts and he's going to reply to me. Yep. Wow. Yeah. He's, he's, I feel like Jesus would be the guy that would be rolling up on religious people's threads and blowing them up. You know, that's what I feel like. <laughs> yeah. That That's what I, and that, like, and that's again, a barometer by which I post. Okay. Like yeah. what if <laughs> I'm like going deep into hypotheticals here, but like, what, <laughs> what if Jesus could like roll up on my post and would he blow this thread up? Yeah. You know, um, does it feel hyper-religious? Does it feel legalistic? Does it feel ostracizing of a non-believer? What does it feel like? Right. Is it something he would post? Is it something he would like? Would he get behind this? You know? Yeah. Uh, I think about that all the time. And that's, I think, maybe a healthy barometer, man. Um, And furthermore, would he reply to this uh, text about loneliness, right? Jesus um, was an advocate for those that couldn't advocate for themselves, right? We were talking about this. That's right. And maybe he would use social media for that agenda, right? Rather than uh, weaponizing Christianity or weaponizing faith in general, you know? Uh, That's something I think about a lot, man. (sighs) 
wow. I, I just, I, I think about that. And um, the thing that scares me about that, uh, and I hope we're not this way, mm. is that um, they killed Jesus. Yeah. They killed him for what he said. Mm-hmm. Right. And even I was just doing it in my Bible reading the other day. Uh, they even misquoted Jesus. Yeah. Right. Like, so they took things out of context and other things like that, um, which we do all the time. Yeah. Especially with scripture, right? Right. Like what comes before this passage that we just, that we just quoted. Exactly. Right? Like yeah. I, it makes you think of the Jeremiah passage. I know the plans I have for you, plans yeah. to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope uh, and a future. Yeah. And like literally around that, the people are being sent into exile. Yeah. <laughs> our, our Pastor Dale just preached about that a while ago. Yeah. Do you, you guys remember what the rest of that passage says? It's not very, you, sh- you shouldn't be stoked about it. Right. You know what I mean? You're going to be here for a while. <laughs> but um, would we want to kill Jesus for his response to us? Right. And that's what scares me is we we have to be careful that we're not embracing a version of cultural uh, Christianity. Yes. Uh, where it's just something you do. It's popular. It's what, it's what people do, um, but are we really embracing the real Jesus? Yeah. Do, do you know where I where I uh, worry about that as well is you know cultural Jesus and sometimes like national Jesus, right? Yeah. Uh, American Jesus, right? Uh, um, Jesus is a lot bigger than America. Um, right. Jesus loves America, but Jesus is a global Jesus, right? And I think we fall into that a little bit sometimes with what yeah. we're doing on social media as well. Yeah. Um, Jesus is. Uh, the Christ of all nations, right? Yeah. Um, and that's something that we can become very myopic about, especially in America, man. We talked last time about um, some of the struggles being, uh, you know, American Christians and yeah. the Western r- religion. It's it's tough, man, and it's things that we have to kind of see beyond. Right. Um, that third world countries and really just uh, Christianity in other countries, they don't they don't have to necessarily worry about that because right. they've been persecuted forever, yeah. right? Um, or at least their belief system has, right? right. But yeah. It's, it's crazy to think about. Dude, I think that's a great a great point, you know, because I know you and, you know, we love America. We love our country. Sure. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's great, you know, national pride here. Uh, but the reality is, uh, you know, in the writings of Paul, I mean, even what Jesus tells us, um, we as followers of Jesus are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Right. Right? There first, was, right? First. Exactly, that's, yeah. That's the first priority. Mm-hmm. And what Jesus calls us to in the Gospels is uh, the church is a body connected together across borders. So we're not separated by borders and yes. all these other things. Uh, but even leads to a more extreme version. In fact, I was uh, I had a, a really unique conversation with uh, someone in one of my college classes several years ago. Uh, and he said something that at the time I said, that's stupid, uh, but I've had time to process it. Um, and I think he's probably right. He said, it's my prayer, uh, that we experience persecution Yeah, uh, for yeah. our faith. Uh, and the question was, why, 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 why would you want us to experience persecution? Because like, I don't wish, I don't wish that on people. Right. And what he said to us is he said, um, anywhere there's persecution, the church grows. Totally. People come to find Jesus. Yep. Um, and I'm not sure we're there yet as a culture. Right. Um, but are we at a place with our faith? And I know this is a little off the social media topic, but I think we can pull it back in. Um, where we'd say, God, if I need to live through persecution so other people can come to know you. Yes. What would yeah. our response be? That, that You're absolutely right. And that's what matters. You know, post-Christian culture is making its way to the Midwest. Uh, we were just in London, what, like two years ago, maybe? And um, talk about a post-Christian culture, you know, yeah. these antiquated ancient buildings now that were once churches are now I- anything but churches. Right. Um, and that's kind of like their, their, uh, 
living testaments to what's happening to Christianity across the world, right? right. Um, and that post-Christian culture is making its way here. Right. And we as a church will decide, um, are we going to, you know, become, we, we will be persecuted and what's going to happen, right? right. Um, and as Pastor Dale, Pastor Fuller even said, um, this is where the church thrives, man. Yeah. Right? And, and like you said, this is going to come back to mm-hmm. um, our presence on social media, our presence through um, in evangelical culture. Where are we speaking and how are we speaking right. into this post-Christian culture? Yeah. Well, and I think you're exactly right, especially with the social media stuff. We look at what we post. Are we willing to stand behind what we say? Totally. Right? Um, You know, in an era of persecution, it could be approaching. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. Um, But is it something that glorifies Jesus? And is it said in such a way that you'd be willing to give up your life? Yep, absolutely. uh, Because of this principle. Yeah. Um, Which I think if we're able to look at our social media presence, uh, we could say, am I reflecting Jesus? Mm -hmm. What I want to, you know, if Jesus saw this, which he does, mm-hmm. uh, is Jesus proud about it? Yeah. Um, one of the things I've found, and maybe I need to be a little better at it, if I'm just going to be uh, transparent, um, I generally don't post. Yeah, same. Uh, yeah. And because there's just so many different divisive things, uh, maybe I could do a better job at posting uh, things that build the church up, yep. uh, that speaks truth and love, that reflects the values of Jesus. Uh, but I've almost gotten paralyzed yep. uh, to post and I think it would probably be a good thing uh, to look at it um, to say, okay, how can we be peacemakers? How can we be yep. people that reflect Jesus? How can we yeah. be, uh, you know, people that uh, show who Jesus is, that Jesus is an important part of our life, which kind of leads me to like this next question I have for you. Um, because some people, they're great at posting on uh, Facebook about Jesus or their their reflections of Jesus or what mm-hmm. they think about Jesus, um, whether they're accurate, true or not. Um but their everyday life, you'll never have a faith conversation with them. Right. Uh, they won't talk about them, right? Right. Um, which leads to um, something that, it's a term I use a lot, and I don't know if everyone knows what it means, uh, cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Right? It's this idea that there are alternate realities and mindsets happening inside of you yeah. uh, that uh, conflict with each other, which yeah. actually contributes to a, a, a deep amount of anxiety, depression, uh, other things like that. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it sometimes cognitive dissonance uh, can be simple things. Like, you know, I say stuff on social media, but I'm a different person. Absolutely. Uh, somewhere else. Yeah. Or I worship on Sunday and I, uh, you know, I live like, live like heck the rest of the week. Yeah. Um, I think what God calls us to is uh, he wants us to be the same person, right? Yeah. Uh, and ultimately not living a compartmentalized life. Right. Um, but an entire redeemed life. Yep. Uh, a life that is consistent that says God has changed in working on every part of my life. Right. Yeah. Um, so as it relates to sharing our faith, um, what would you say uh, as it relates to how do we talk about Jesus in everyday life? Is yeah. Jesus a part of our conversation? Yeah. Um, so for me to wrap up kind of where I'm at, you know, with respect to what you're saying yeah. on social media is, you know, you have a sphere of influence. Yeah. Um, you have a you have a physical sphere of influence and then you have a social, like social media sphere of influence. And where I'm always very intentional is knowing that people are looking to me because they know mm-hmm. I'm a Christian. Right. Um, I've been very outward about that um, intentionally, right? Yeah. So when there are matters of turmoil, um, matters of divisiveness that happen in culture, um, often we, the Christians, are the first place non-believers look, right. especially within your sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. So be careful what you say because 
um, people are looking to you. They're looking to you and they're looking to how you're going to react. Um, they're looking to uh, how you're going to manage through this huh. and who you're looking to, right? right. So um, I'm not looking to anything of this earth. I'm looking to the teachings of Jesus, right? right. And that's what I'm always intentional about posting or um, if I'm reaching into a community of hurt people, yeah. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm not talking about what I think. Right. Because what I think is, you know, ephemeral. It doesn't necessarily matter, yeah. right? Um, what matters is what Jesus says in these situations. Sure. And man, dude, if, if you're if you're rooted in the word where I've got to be, you know, it's like that's something that I'm, and, and we talk about this right now yeah. and um, reading the, um, the Bible in a year and um, just being more rooted in the word as a church. I know that's been an effort of ours uh, right. this year. Man, it's so helpful to know what the teachings of Jesus are when you yeah. come to a situation like that, right? right? And as that translates to me in speaking um, in everyday life, I yeah. think it's just a matter of making it your life, right? Like you said, you can't compartmentalize these things, and it's easy to do that when you exist in so many par- like in so many paradigms and so many um, idioms, right? right? I exist in this world, I exist in that world, uh, social media world physical world, family life, uh, work life, school life, whatever it may be, Mm -hmm. um, to draw consistency through all that, um, is to root yourself in Christ in all, in all of it. Right. And I mean, easier said than done. Right. Absolutely, man. And it's, you know, kind of a common prayer. It's a song uh, that we say, uh, break my heart, God, for what breaks yours. Totally. Uh, and it's this idea and we pray, okay, God, make me like you mm-hmm. transform me to be like you where it's this death of you you said something cool it's like yeah you said you know my opinions they they, they, they don't matter mm-hmm. uh if they conflict with what christ thinks exactly uh and so it's this death of mindsets it is the and ultimately um not to go deep on too deep on this uh, it's a death of mindset but it's also the healing of mindsets yeah that's good right uh, because we've been damaged we've yep. been hurt and you know we view the world a certain way because of what has happened to us or what we've been involved with or that how we lived our life um, and a lot of our reflections to the world that don't represent Christ are a result of personal pain yep uh, that we felt and so we are actually taking our life situations and laying them before God and saying God heal these yeah so that I can see the world you do the way totally you do. otherwise you project them on your sphere of influence right, right. that's what happens I mean that's what human uh, that's the human condition right yeah you project what you have like uh, Pastor Fuller would always say um, under duress you're like a sponge right yeah and when you're squeezed what comes out is what's inside of you right, right. and if you're filled with Christ and the Holy Spirit you're squeezed in a time of trauma that's what comes out right um, if you're filled up with uh, personal all of your stuff right that's what comes out right yeah um, I've, I've always taken that to heart because man I don't want I don't want my stuff to come out when I'm squeezed I want Jesus to come out when I'm squeezed right you know well those are the worst conversations because as a Christian we're called uh, when we mess up to go apologize yeah right and so then I go back to go back and say I'm sorry <laughs> that's not who I want to be yeah um, you know and to let God deal with us before we get to those yep. points yep. Um, which makes me think about my kids yeah right how I raise my kids I, and I feel like those conversations I have the most oh yeah with my kids the other day um, I uh, man I was having a rough day and I tried to do something fun with the kids and you know you always have these picturesque ideas of how the situations will go right and the kids blow them up yeah, oh, uh, yeah. yeah kids come out they roll up in there and they change everything and they're obnoxious and they're tired and they have to go to the bathroom and they need to eat and they're never happy and you've spent all this money or this idea and then you know invested energy and they're just you know it's kind of a bummer sometimes <laughs> and so I, I I reached the point we, we, we took them to the bowling alley and I was like I'm gonna take my kids bowling right I'd never done this before yeah um, 
and we got there. My daughter was whining the whole time saying, dad, can we just order bowling alley food? I'm like, honey, we don't want to order bowling alley food. Like, let's get you real food after this. But no, she, <laughs> her heart is stuck on bowling alley food. Well, yeah. Um, you know, the, the one son, the little one's trying to run down the lane, uh, nice. <laughs> you, yeah. you know, and then the other one is just trying to bowl, but he's having a hard time and throwing it in the gutter. And, uh, <laughs> like there's all sorts of stuff happening <laughs> and it was like, supposed to be this really cool moment. It turned out to be a disappointment and <laughs> I'm sure you've never experienced well, this. Well, of course never. Yeah. Right. Like, every, every family moment is just one of bliss for me. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> every time we go to Disney world, you know, <laughs> it's this magical blissful. Yeah. Thing. They shoot commercials based on our life experience for sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, and you all have Mickey Mouse ears. <laughs> but I was going to the car and, uh, I was not being very nice. Like get in the car. Mm-hmm. Let's just go. Let's just get out of here. Get your seatbelt on. You know, and I was getting snappy with snippy with my kids and snapping at them. And my son looks at me and says, "Dad, are you okay?" Yeah. And it was it was genuine. It was he wasn't poking sure. me. Yeah. Dad, are you okay? And I said, "Yes, I'm fine. Do what I'm saying." Mm-hmm. Right. And that sounds super like intense uh, to anyone that's listening. I'm sure. Um, but I felt terrible about it. Yeah. Right. So I had to go back to him um, later, um, and it was this really like emotional moment because like as a dad you don't you want to like act like you have everything under control for sure um and i had to look at him in the eyes and i grabbed him i said hey um thanks for checking on me yeah and that's super cool and i appreciated that you checked on me because you sensed something was wrong yep um but i'm sorry yep i responded to you i crushed when you when you were doing the right thing yep um and it makes me think about our conversation with our kids. Do they see Jesus, see and hear Jesus yep. in our family life? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, because it's not enough for me to say, hey, I take you to church on Sunday. Yeah. Um, you know, hey, I, I put you in Christian school. Right. Or, hey, I do whatever. Um, the reality is, is those places will not replace your role as mother or father. Yep. So what does that look like in your home? For me, I always come back to where you're spending your time. Right. Um, And I always go, dude, for me, and I know, I know, I'm sure that I'm the only parent that deals with this. It's like devices. So what devices am I allowing in my life that are getting in the way of me being a parent? Right. Am I staring at my phone? Yeah. Um, Am I watching too much Netflix? Like sometimes like, and sometimes even with good intentions, am I reading this leadership book when I should be hanging out with my kids? You know, Um, we're ministers, man. And one thing that can happen for us is Ministry doesn't end when you leave the church. No. Ministry is a lifestyle. Right. So you're constantly a minister, right? Um, but you're also a minister to your family, right? right? So for me, that's something that I take very seriously, but um, you have to set up safeguards. That's something for me like, man, I, I got to do better with this phone thing. I got to do better with, uh, well, whatever, distractions to being right. Jesus to your family. You're absolutely right. And there are so many built-in distractions, and I think where um, we can kind of fall off the... For, for me personally, yeah. e- even if it's the intentions of the distraction are good, yeah. right? Um, y- the enemy can even use those things. In yeah. fact, I believe uh, the enemy uses those more often, right? right. Because they're good intentions yep. and it's sneaky, right? <laughs> but yeah, dude, I mean, for me, I think that it happens all the time. I, it's a matter of how, how can I be present for my family? How can I be present for my kids? And how can these conversations be a lifestyle rather than just let's pray before we eat? Let's pray before bed. Let's do these perfunctory things that Christians do. Yeah. That's not enough, right? That's just not enough. That's not um, exuding Christ to your family. You know? Yeah. And I, I I totally agree with you because in my heart, uh, and I believe this to be true, that, 
the first place you share your faith is in your home. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The most important place you will share your faith is in your home. It's, yeah. it's with your spouse, uh, with your kids, with your significant other. Um, it's going to be where you live. Yep. And that's going to be you know so important because these are the people that do day to day with you. They see you at your worst. Exactly. Absolute worst, right? Uh, you know, everyone else around in life for the most part sees your highlight reel. Yeah. Right. Uh, they're seeing the day to day every single yep. day, and so we have this huge responsibility. So if you're worried about sharing your faith or wonder what it looks like, start in your home. Absolutely, dude. You know what's so cool? And that you mentioned sharing your faith through your family is so. My uh, my parents are unsaved, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Right now, my mom is kind of working through um, some some family stuff that went down, and she's starting to work through, uh, I think it's uh, Priscilla Shire, Armor of God, with my sister. Okay. So it's kind of like my sister starting to work on her a little bit, but I'm beginning to see that maybe, um, um, of course, I'm super into being evangelical like we talked about, but yeah. I think it might be... Uh, my kids getting through to my dad than it is me more than it is me. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, so sometimes, um, being Christ to my kids also maybe means my kids being Christ to my dad. Right. So there's like this cyclical effect that happens when you begin to speak Christ into your family, then they learn to speak Christ, uh, to others. Right. They learn to be evangelical. They learn to share their testimony. I mean, there's this killer story of um, Jude. Jude's a wrencher like my dad is, right? Dad's super into hot rods. And (laughs) Jude was like three years old and he's hung over the hood of this car and they're working on this car together. And like some out of nowhere, Jude just starts talking about Jesus to my dad. Yeah. Like, and he's like, Hey, are you, are you going to church with us on Sunday or just asking him these innocent questions? And my dad gets super uncomfortable. Right. Because he's like, you know, uh, he obviously hasn't thought about these things. And these aren't things I've even built up enough courage to ask my dad, but here's my three year old son, just, you know, asking him very innocently. And I'm like, man, look at, look at how our lives, you know, our Christian lives is beginning to work in and through our kids. Right. And in my case, beginning to work in my family, even my extended family now. Right. So what a cool thing that can happen if you speak Jesus in your family, right? Yep. How important it is. Right. Pretty cool. Out of the mouth of children. Exactly, dude. And we had a similar story where one of the neighbors was over, one of the kids, um, obviously not a believer. And, uh, you know, my kids just start telling about Jesus. Yeah. You know, we sit down and he's like, hey, we're going to pray. And they're like, what's prayer? Yeah. And they're like, oh, dude, we just talked to God. Yeah. Here, let me show you how to talk to God. And yeah. like kids just like, they, they just go for it. And other kids are like, okay, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you, you want to change the world? Yep. Start with your kids. Yep, absolutely. Um, you know, you model it and you share the example because I think there's some, you know, when it relates to sharing our faith, there's these super awkward uh, dis, you know, dissonant moments yeah. uh, where you never talk about God, but you feel like in that moment, you then need to start yes. saying super spiritual things yep. Yep. to Be- people. Become a pastor all of a sudden, right? Like this right. eloquent preacher. Yeah. And it doesn't work. Um, it has to be a part of you. Yep. Who you are. And so I would ask you guys, actually, I had an old pastor, he, a preacher used to say this to me. Uh, he said, uh, you become like who you read. Yeah. Uh, and so he said, I hope that you hear the Bible when you hear my words. Yeah, that's uh, good. He's like, because I'm in the word, right? And so we would ask this question as it relates to sharing your faith, because a lot of people say, I don't know how to talk about Jesus. I don't know how to talk about God. Mm-hmm. I would ask the question, what are you reading? Right? Are you filling yourself up with the word of God? You talked about the Bible one year, just a little bit ago. Are you filling yourself up with the word of God? Uh, is talking about Jesus and the values that he brings into your home, part of your uh, conversations in your home. Yeah. Uh, because those areas are actually going to start to bleed into other areas. Absolutely. 
in your life. Absolutely, man. Yep. Um, I, I think you're absolutely right. That's something that even instilling that in your kids, right? What are they reading? Right. Right. Um, so being able to begin that, um, that process in them and how they're reading the Bible and how they're ingesting the word and, yeah. um, you know, and then consequently what they're saying to their sphere of influence, their right. little buddies or whatever, you know, <laughs> my kids are little. So, uh, we live in a neighborhood right now that, um, they're hanging out with a bunch of kids and I just got to trust that they're preaching the word, man. Yeah. That they're talking about Jesus, that they're modeling Christ. So, right. um, how cool it is to see your kids, um, beginning to be little, little evangelicals, you know, it's pretty oh. cool. <laughs> That's the win. Yeah, man. To find the win, that's it. Yeah, that, for that, sure. That's the goal. Well, uh, we've talked about some cool stuff today. We've talked about uh, our favorite Star Wars movies. Yeah, uh, of course. You know, yeah. our favorite Star Wars characters. But then we started talking about some of the things that happen on social media, how to share our faith there, mm-hmm. and how sharing your faith in everyday conversation starts in the home. Yep. Uh, do you have any final uh, parting thoughts for us? Yeah, I mean, for me, man, it's just a matter of, um, you know, we talked in the last session about uh, your personality. I, ju- I would just encourage, you know, anyone that's listening just to... Uh, start somewhere, right? Yeah. Uh, we talked about um, how you're sharing your story. Start with your testimony, you know, yeah. um, and what that means. Share your testimony with your family, like we're talking about with your kids. Right. Um, I think a lot of a lot of times we're afraid mm. to kind of share our past with our with our kids. Yeah. Um, uh, mine certainly is a cautionary tale, <laughs> but I think there's a lot to be learned from it, man. So start with your family. Like you said, uh, your story starts with your family uh, and sharing Christ starts with your family. So don't be afraid uh, to tell your kids where you've come and more importantly, what Christ has brought you out of. Because um, my prayer is um, the Lord doesn't have to bring my kids out of anything like he had to bring me out of. Right. Like, let's start now and start start getting this thing right. But uh, yeah, man, start with your family. Start with your uh, with your crew and begin telling your story um, and see, like you said, um, what can come in and through them and how they can begin to be uh, li- little evangelicals, right, in yeah. and among their crew. Yeah. <laughs> well, Zach, thanks so much for joining us today oh, yeah. and uh, for being real and sharing from your family and your heart. Uh, and I hope everyone listening today has been encouraged uh, yeah. to share your faith, to start in your home, start in the small places, uh, and to reflect Jesus wherever you go. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the NAS Podcast. You can find us on the web at thenaz.church. We look forward to connecting with you.